yeah, and the way that our system is built, that's why Senator Feinstein's still in office, right? right. Because she carries an, an aura about her, a weight in Washington that a, you know, congressperson who is 28 years old, 35 years old, just elected, is not going to have. You've seen what their offices look like. They're tiny. They don't even get windows when you're in Congress <laughs> yeah. in that low. Some of them aren't even in the Capitol building. Yeah, you're like in the basement of a neighboring building. There's a Chick-fil-A <laughs> above you. Yeah, you're not lying. No. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In Province Petrano, here's Eric Bilstad. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano. Vince returns on Monday, fingers crossed. Eric Bilstead along with Mike Spaulding, who's in for Debbie Lazga. Thanks to Brandon Simon, as always, for sports. Jack Grau in the newsroom and Greg Pancake Hill keeping us on track all week long. The text reads, I don't want any doctor working on me who wears a do not resuscitate shirt. He's reacting to this story. I'm amazed at this. And actually, kind of, it, it kind of angered me, I, I will admit. So there's this amazing doctor. He is a neurologist. So he's a brain doctor who um, must do some work from time to time for MSNBC and CNBC. At least he wrote, a, he wrote an, uh, an essay for CNBC. His name is Dr. Howard Tucker. He's 101 years old. And he's been practicing for more than seven decades He's been married for more than 60-plus years. His wife is 89. He's 101. And uh, he's been at it since 1947, practicing medicine since 1947. And he writes this essay about how he keeps his brain so sharp. And it's pretty neat. He talks about how he stays social, that he and his wife um, go out and have dinner at least once a week, if not more than that. Uh, He talks about how, unfortunately, at his age, being 101, a lot of his closest friends and family members and colleagues have passed away, but he's still fortunate to have a job that stimulates him, stimulates his brain. He's been able to build relationships with younger colleagues. He says he reads for entertainment. That's another reason why he says he feels so sharp. Uh, When I'm not reading about the latest advancements and treatments in neurology, I like to read biographies, detective stories. He says immersing yourself in a good book, fiction or nonfiction, requires your brain to process a bulk of new information. He says this is key to keeping your mind sharp. But then he also says this, for reasons why he's still able to keep his brain sharp is because he goes to work. (laughs) No, no. Research shows, according to this doctor, a correlation between retiring and increased cognitive decline, which is why I haven't retired. I was named the world's oldest practicing doctor by Guinness. Uh, Sarah, my wife of 66 years, also still practices. She uh, practices psychiatry. She is 89 years old. I say no. Yeah, I'm just going to be dumber then. No. There's no way. 101, you're just going to work? Why does society have to tell us we have to work all the time. Yeah, you can't just play what? Sudoku or something. You know what I mean? There's there's <laughs> no you. other way. I just got to go. You. I just have to I go. I don't get it. And this is not just this guy, by the way. Whenever we happen to talk about like this idea, this, uh, this, this thought by some businesses to move to four-day work weeks, everyone always scoffs. Oh, I well, oh, can't, can't do that. Three-day week, these lazy people. Why, why? Why are we the lazy ones? Because we don't want to work until we're 101 years old. Come on. Come on. Is he incorrect in saying that by continuing to have a, a, 
I don't want to say a purpose, but a, a, you know, a, a reason to be able to stimulate the brain on a daily basis that that's a bad idea. No, I, he's right. And the reading and the social aspect and to do something where he's going to work and having something to put his brain on and to stimulate his brain for and engage his brain with, I, I can understand that. But I do not think we all need to be doing this to have sharper brains. No, I understand why. I, again, is it just the social aspect of it? 101 years old, are you really putting in 8 to 10 hours every day, Monday through Friday? Is this a consulting thing? Is this like he goes in, oh, you know, Doc's in today. He's going to go see his patient who he's been working with for 55 years, <laughs> yes. and then he's going to go play golf or, you know, have tea or whatever. So he's you're do. suggesting he's like some of those CEO alums, you know, the ones, the, the emeritus. The emeritus move, yeah. Have an office, but don't really do anything. That's yeah. what you're suggesting this yeah, guy Yeah, you're does. going to work, but really your work is just like the athletic club. You know, you're just going to see people who you know, you're shaking hands, you're, you know, asking, are all the papers filed correct? You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> From the 9-2 on the old National Bank talk and text line, he's not digging ditches. <laughs> exactly, that's what I mean. He's looking at a computer a couple times a, a week. Oh, boy. But still, going to the office. Like, do you have to take time off? Like, are you... Ah, honey, we can't vacation. I'm assuming two doctors, you could probably afford a pretty yeah, nice vacation every wants. once in a while, but ah, the Joe, Johnson's got to come in. Joe I got to look at the brains. This one in. Yeah, sorry, I got to look at these cerebellums. I can't go. Um, Joe says, I don't think this brain doctor is very smart at all. Who in their right mind wants to work <laughs> at that age at 101? And actually, that poses the next question. Would you want your doctor to be 101 years old? I think that's a great point. How many how many new patients? He's accepting new patients. I don't know. If I walked into a doctor's office to get my brain scanned, and the guy's hundred and one, I might be out. A dentist, you know. <laughs> what you suggesting? He doesn't know how to press the button. Yeah, well, no, but you know, I don't know. Although he is staying sharp, so maybe that is the brain guy you want. But I don't know. Eh. hundred and one is is that better than say someone who is twenty eight or however the whatever the youngest age of. Getting out of med school would be. Which, what do we think? 27, 28, something like that? I think about like 28, probably before you're 30, definitely. I don't know. I think it depends on how messed up am I. Like, am I going in for some deep procedure? Is there like a lingering issue? Or is it just a checkup? Because I think, you know, there is something to be said about experience. I don't know if I want a guy fresh out of med school, you know, right. pulling a scalpel yeah. so out. You, you have to assume that Dr. Tucker has seen yeah. everything, yeah. right? Everything. But I mean, back in, when did he start practicing? 1947? 1947. Weren't they still like asking you to bite down on the mouth guard as they electrocuted you back in 1947? Like, how advanced are we talking here? Rob texting in from Wyoming. I'm 70 years old. I just drove 450 miles yesterday as a delivery driver and 11 and a miles. Let's see here. I retired four years ago, stayed home for a year and a half, couldn't stand it, went back to work, and it's been two and a half years, and I enjoy getting up every day. Now add 30 years to your 71, <laughs> though. I get it. Thanks, Rob. Good on you. If that works, you know, good on you. Uh, here's one from Lauren. A neurologist who is 101 years old has a wealth of knowledge to apply to different situations. So I would definitely consult with this neurologist if I had issues. That's a good point. Are you, The consultant-type role. He goes in... Young guy says, hey, I have this thing. I'm, I'm unsure. Can you take a look at it? Yeah, he's probably seen every single aspect of, of a brain. John texting and Eric, how many people retire and do nothing? I don't think you need to work full time. I cut lawns and I'm sure I'll be doing it past retirement just to be active and socialized. See, and I think that's, John, that's awesome. 
That's a great text because that's absolutely it. You're doing it to stay active. You're doing it because it's, you know, what you want to do. You're enjoying yourself. It's not full time. Exercise. You're getting exercise. Yes. yes. Killing like multiple birds with one stone. Your brain is being stimulated. But this idea of working, like not retiring. <laughs> yeah. Can't you just play operation no, or something like no, that just I, to pretend that you're still going to work? I, I, I don't know. I yeah. I am not a Gen Zer, <laughs> but I will say this. There is no way in my right mind would I want to work all the way until I'm 101 years old. It is. He's already achieved so much, and yet he's still goal-oriented and still focused. And he has a five-year plan. What is it? Don't die? We're discussing this uh, neurologist who's 101 years old. He's been practicing medicine since 1947. He says the keys to a sharp mind at his age include reading for entertainment and going to work. He says it keeps him active. It keeps him engaged. And uh, that's why he says he is able to live and be as sharp as he is because he's still working at the age 101. So it got us talking. First of all, I think that's crazy. (laughs) There's no way I'm working at that age. But uh, secondly, would you want your doctor to be 101 years old? Here's one, Mike, from Kathy and Franklin. Hi, guys. I definitely would consider him as perhaps a consultant. If he's an avid reader, I'm sure he keeps up on the latest AMA journals, etc. Bless him and his wife. Yeah, his wife also still practices psychiatry. She is 89 years old. Here's one from Steve. Personally, I don't want any doctor who's 100 years old, and I also don't want a president over 75. Okay. It's 104 or 5 degrees in this room. <laughs> yes, I don't know. That that actually poses another question, though, because and this is going to keep coming up, and we've seen uh, lawmakers outside of the president, who obviously is uh, over 75, um, the front runner on the GOP side, who is in the 70s. You have uh, other senators who have had some incidents lately where they have um, had some mental decline, perhaps, you could argue, or at least a physical decline. That that could actually be a discussion point here coming up at some point where this needs to be actually discussed respectfully of at should there be age limits when it comes to uh, what happens in Washington as far as lawmakers go. I mean, it, it would not shock me given where we have moved over the last several years, that that could be a buzzword that is discussed and implemented in some fashion. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think it's more likely, though, we get an age limit or a term limit? Because Ooh, which I feel one would like, come first? I feel like term limit would be easier for the public to swallow because if you have a, your, uh, a neurologist who's 101 years old, who's to say that that person, specifically in that case, isn't, run for is, isn't fit to run for office? Yeah, and you could have someone who's 68 years old who is not as mentally sharp, and you could look at and go, well, I don't, I don't know if they're fit, but you know what, if they both serve out, I don't know, three terms, four terms, whatever it is. I just have a hard time believing that they'll do term limits only because the longer you're in office in Congress, the more power you get. Yeah. So why would they want to give up the power? That's absolutely true. Yeah, and the way that our system is built, that's why Senator Feinstein's still in office, right? right. Because she carries an, an aura about her, a weight in Washington that a, you know, congressperson who is 28 years old, 35 years old, just elected, is not going to have. You've seen what their offices look like. They're tiny. They don't even get windows when you're in Congress <laughs> and that low. Some of them aren't even in the Capitol building. Yeah, you're like in the basement of a neighboring building. There's a Chick-fil-A above you. <laughs> yeah, you're not lying. <laughs> no, yeah, and they sleep in their office and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's a tough, tough sell. But the age, 
it just, I don't know, ageism comes to mind. It's a tough one. Interesting. Well, I will say this. It just, it, it, I hope people understand with all due, I, I he, huge fan of this, uh, this doctor, this guy, he's 101 years old. His name is Howard Tucker and he's still studying brains and doing that good on him. And I, I'm happy for him. Proud of him. I just can't go along with that. I cannot, I cannot take his advice and suggest that going to work for your entire life is better for you. Doing the thing that is constantly killing you by stress. Wisconsin's Morning News with Vince Vetrano, Eric Bilstead, along with Mike Spaulding. Well, it's really quite incredible the, the number of people that are still missing in Maui and some of the resort towns there. And this is going to be the case here for a while now. In fact, they're waiting on FEMA to go through some of the burned out buildings where they fear they'll likely find where some people may have been and some of those who they haven't heard from yet, people that are being searched for. Uh, pretty interesting, the number of um, people that have survived that said they had minutes to escape from those wildfires, that you know, within a couple of minutes they were running out the door, an hour later their house was gone, like it, that it came that quickly. Gas stations exploding, businesses engulfed in flames, um, in a matter of moments for a lot of these people. Um, right now, the death toll is at least 55. They do expect that to go up. Some pretty amazing stories, though. What's happened, a lot of times, a lot of these people have been separated when they were evacuating, and the cell service is so bad, or they haven't been able to charge phones, or they get moved to different shelters or whatnot, that they have no idea if their significant other, their family member is even okay or if they even made it. This is a fascinating story from Gio Benitez at ABC. One person who was missing, Stephen Scott's wife, telling us this on Wednesday. I, I'm, I think she's safe, um, but I haven't found her yet. On Thursday, we found him again, this time with his wife, finding her with the help of a good Samaritan. You just happened to find someone, you said, with 6% battery left on their phone. He said enough to make one call, and I asked him, please, let me try. So I called her, and she answered. But this morning, they've lost everything and are sitting here wondering what to do next. Boy, how about hearing that answer, huh? That's the best hello you've ever heard. Absolutely. Holy cow. Uh, Other issues now. You have so many people, thousands of tourists in Maui continuing to wait inside the airport for ways to get home. Basically, you've seen it. You've been there at O'Hare or maybe in Milwaukee where you see people laying in the terminals there just trying to get some shut eye because of a delay. They have them all over the place at the airport there. This airport has turned into a makeshift shelter. So many people sleeping here. I have to keep my voice down. Two nights ago, 1,400 people talking. slept on the floor here <laughs> okay, at the buddy. airport. Thank, morning, thank you. I keep my voice down as I continue to report to you and walk over these people as they're trying to sleep and at point the airport. At them. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, let's get a camera on and that You'll guy. see right here. There's a This guy. lady here clearly is not in a good mood, but... How are you feeling, ma'am? Uh, so anyway, hopefully they can get some respite today and get some of those folks out. Uh, for those who have potential trips to Hawaii, Washington Post has some details on that, as do others, too. Anything in the re- near future, like in the next week, next month, you ain't going. It's not going to happen. If you have something planned into next year, it's even worth, you know, especially if it's in the Maui area, it's definitely worth looking into uh, and checking some insurance on what you have there. Because uh, as of now, I mean, there are hotels that were booked out for God knows how long. Yeah, uh, the honeymoons. Yeah, and those hotels no longer exist. 
Um, so granted, I get it, that's trivial compared to what some people have already lost and are dealing with, uh, but it is an issue that you're going to see moving forward from this situation in Maui. It is 8.40. It's Friday. That means we have a pancake breakfast special. That's next. He's called Pancake because he used to work at the Pancake House. Now he is an extraordinary producer. He also still makes a mean breakfast. It is the Pancake Breakfast Special with Greg Hill. What about breakfast? We've already had it. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? So the ultimate goal here is to get cheeks in the seats. We've been talking about it all week, right? Yeah, the big fight between the Chicago White Sox is Tim Anderson, Cleveland Guardians' Jose Ramirez, and that kind of was the talk of the town. They came up chewing. One great thing about this country is the ability to promote and pairing that with people's ability to capitalize. That's when opportunity presents itself. After the on-field brawl, you may have missed this, the Cleveland Guardians' high-A minor league baseball affiliate, the Lake County Captains, a team based in Ohio, offered anyone by the name of Tim, quote, a free ticket to sit in the grass in their (laughs) outfield. In their outfield area, I should say. Much like what Jose Ramirez did to Tim Anderson earlier this week. Now, the social media promotion featured a picture of a man lying in the grass with a poorly photoshopped photo of him wearing a Tim Anderson jersey, which, like, totally sealed the deal because it's like, look at the effort that we put into this actual (laughs) real promotion. So, basically, if you want marketing genius, you have to look at minor league baseball teams and the promotions they run. So, I did some research. We're going to take a look at the best promotions from a minor league baseball team. Number one, does does anyone remember the NFL wide receiver Terrell Owens? Football sure. guy. Yeah, he was one of the more polarizing players on the field. Mike, you're laughing. Do you want that again? Here, I'll hit you again. Football guy. Yeah, there Terrell is. Owens. Thank you. He was uh, one of the most polarizing players on the field when he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. A minor league team in Atlantic City, New Jersey held a Terrell Owens Unappreciation Day where every fan in attendance got a free whoopee cushion with Tio's face on it. That's pretty good. Also offered 81-cent hot dogs, the number that T.O. wore while playing for the Eagles. So a little benefit to fans. Here's one. Second Chance Night. The Fresno Grizzlies held this promotion in 2006. Any fan who brought a traffic ticket to the box office and (laughs) promised to never get another one (laughs) got in for free. Oh, excellent. Also, probation officers also got into that game with no cost. (laughs) Fantastic. How about world record first pitch attempt day held by the Brevard County Manatees to open up their stadium? What they did is they opened up their stadium at 6 a.m. for this promotion. That's 13 hours before first pitch. Fans were invited to stand in line and throw a ceremonial first pitch in order to break the record of 5,906. So does that make sense? Every Mm -hmm. person throws out a first pitch and they tried to break the record of how many first pitches they had in a game. There's really only one first pitch, though. Yeah, but in this case, you have so many, right? There's not like one marquee person. There's because you have like, first. but like during baseball games, you have like four, four, five yeah. now, Who's right? Who's the backup catcher that had to take all those? Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a great question. Who had to take like shifts or anything? <laughs> well, like that wasn't even the worst part. Unfortunately, they fell a hundred short of the record. <laughs> they didn't even reach it. So they got like 5,800 and they had to play the game. (laughs) At that point, you should just get the concessions people in there. Have everyone throw. (laughs) Or I wonder if they threw the pitch and then the person who threw the first pitch had to catch 
the next ah, first pitch. Okay. Ah, yeah, hey, yeah. hit me up if you're a minor league baseball team. I can solve your problem here. How about in 2006, 2016, the Scranton Wilkes Bar Rail Raiders? They had a man versus marathon contest. Twelve five person teams tried to run a marathon in the less time that it took to play that game. Which is, this is old school baseball, so right? this is old school rules. It took a bit. The AAA day. Rail Riders and the visiting Gwinnett Braves, this marathon now, it started in right field, ended in left. It was about just short of a half a mile lap, like around the park. Um, players suited up in glow-in-the-dark jerseys to feature the team's logo to nice. keep it going. And for those just wondering, it was 12 running teams. Only one team was available to complete the marathon. It was three hours and seven minutes. Wow. That's a solid pace. That's incredible. Like, for even for a baseball game. And here we go. We'll end with this one. It's a, it's a, a kind of a, a tale of redemption. San Antonio Missions, the former affiliate for the Milwaukee Brewers, had a 1992 contest where Henry the Puffy Taco mascot he defeated 11-year-old Randy Noonfelt in a race around the bases. This was the first time that Puffy the Taco ever won this race. It was the bit was the kind of the mascot made a fool of himself. Okay. The contestant wins the race. Yeah. 11-year-old Noonfelt lost, and this he was embarrassed. First time to ever lose. So what they did, a promotional story for the intern of one of the missions years later in 2010, uncovered this, told a newspaper about it. They found the Noonfelt guy who lost 20 years later to redeem himself. And sure enough, if you look at the video, there he is rolling around, starts at first base. And then they say, go. And he's running around. And Puffy the Taco is a little bit behind him. And he keeps running. There he goes. He's rounding second base. He keeps on going. Rounds third base. Puffy the Taco takes the lead (laughs) at the last second. What does Randy do in a moment of desperation? He pushes over Puffy the Taco. (laughs) Pushes him over. Puts a foot on his taco shell, I guess. Stands there in triumphant crosses home plate and 20 years later he gets his redemption story he finally takes down puffy the taco congratulations to randy nudefelt on one hell of a minor league baseball promotion that is the pancake breakfast special 20 years from now tim anderson will be at that minor league game (laughs) getting punched in the face a boxing match It's 851. <laughs> I got you. I got you, Eric. Here, this is what he wanted to do. I know what you want to do. Here's what you wanted to do. Down goes Anderson! Down goes Anderson! Hey, right. w- traffic. Rain rolling through into southeast Wisconsin to the north and to the south of Milwaukee. Milwaukee uh, nearly spared completely this morning. But areas to the north and to the south getting some. We'll have another round of scattered showers throughout the day, and then we could see some stronger stuff late tonight. A high of 87 today, a low of 68 tonight. So at the box office, the big movie this weekend is one that you may not know much about. It's called The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Evil is in Powerful evil. 
Yes, powerful evil. The Last Voyage of Demeter is about Dracula being on like an old boat back in the 1800s, being brought across the sea. And of course, you know what happens. There's a coffin on the in the storage area. Dracula awakens, and and, and we're off. Apparently. This movie is based on a chapter of Bram Stoker's Dracula. So one chapter, a very detailed chapter. I got this text from Jeff who says, Eric, thank you for discussing the nautical Dracula movie the other day. I reread the inspiring chapter on the Demeter last night, and I am going to see nautical Dracula <laughs> later today. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what uh, our texter Jeff has uh, to say about the nautical Dracula what movie. What do you think that pitch was like in the uh, the MG or whatever they were, whatever the studios, the Warner Brothers lot? Hey, I have an idea for a movie. What is it? It's Dracula. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's on a boat. Uh, Dracula on a boat. Yeah. So is it like a ship? He's not like... It's like right, a it's Mayflower like a ship, type right? of okay, boat. Okay, yeah, there yeah. you go. So it's like old school, and it's yeah, uh, yeah it's a pirate boat kind of thing, Mayflower now, boat. Dracula on a boat, midlife crisis. He's in like a cigarette boat, you know, just cruising. <laughs> it's like the double engines on the back of it. <laughs> I would also watch that one. Uh, speaking of boats, there is a huge boat race taking place in Sheboygan this weekend. Got that text from Joe today. I appreciate that. Like the, This is the first time ever they're going to have a, a huge boat race. Um, in fact, they'll have more than just the one. There'll be multiple. And these things are kind Kind of cool to see. So you have a chance on seeing that in the Sheboygan area you'll get to. Um, taking place uh, throughout the weekend. Hopefully the weather should hold off for the most part so you can enjoy that. And it's, like I said, more than just one. It's plenty. Boat races. Yes, the boat races taking place in Sheboygan over the weekend. Uh, thanks again for uh, joining the program today. Thanks to Greg Pancake Hill for all week. If there's something you missed and you'd like to catch, you can always text the word Vince to the old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. had a good conversation with Rick Schlesinger earlier today about the uh, the latest on the AmFam funding. He's optimistic. He actually sounded very optimistic that uh, they're going to be able to get some maintenance funding figured out. But he said the devil, of course, is in the details. So they're still working through that. Just text the word Vince to the old National Bank talk and text line. We'll send you the page to all of our podcasts. And I promise Vince is supposed to be here on Monday. Here's how I know. Because he's already working on the show. <laughs> I've seen him working on, we have a one doc, you know, document that's a real-time document that we look at, and I've already seen him in there messing around. So I know he'll be back, even though he was injured. I did not get an update on whether or not he can put his socks on yet by himself. He was injured to water skiing, but I'm sure he'll provide plenty of detail on Monday as how he is feeling. 858 WDTMJ now is next there at the Wisconsin State Fair, Sandy Max and Steve Scafidi in mere moments.